yesterday. Asked to describe where America is headed in the next year, more than two-thirds use negative words and phrases, downhill, wrong track, disaster, hard times, and uncertain. It's both sides of the aisle, folks. This isn't just one-sided. Full 71% of Americans say the nation is on the wrong track. We are in the longest sustained period of a wrong track number that high in the history of our poll. It's nearly been two and a half years of this sustained pessimism. It's longer than the 2008 financial crisis. Meanwhile, civil rights, so that's fitting we honor him in this way. Frederick Douglass, look, we have a lot to do. It is January 31st, 2023. Welcome to The Daily Rob. You can find Rob all across the internet. Check the All My Links. It has all of his socials. He's been on zero hedge this weekend he has a new video out on real clear markets if you're a youtube subscriber you've already seen it but he's all over the place the one and only rob smith i'm all over the place dude all over the place and i'm all over the news too let's discuss what we might call entitlement if you're raising your children and you give them money and an allowance without them working for it they will become entitled when you give things to people without any work, all of a sudden they think you owe them. This is how the United States treats the immigrant class that we're just letting in this country. They've done nothing to help build this country. They will become sycophants off of the government teat. And what has happened in New York over the weekend, the federal government was paying the Watson Hotel by the way, there's something like 29 or 30 hotels in Manhattan alone that are housed with, with immigrants. Your taxpayers are going to pay exorbitant, exorbitant prices um, to these hotels because these people tear up the room and they treat it like dog do. We did a video on this a couple weeks ago. The woke mayor, uh, Eric Adams, you know, for a long time, he's saying, oh, Oh, illegal immigration is great. We're a sanctuary city. Come on in. Well, they came on in and now they're flooded with illegal immigrants in New York. And it costs a lot of money to take care of these folks. So um, Eric Adams opened up the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal, which I assume is kind of like a homeless shelter where they've got cots and beds and things like that for like a thousand people so they were trying to move some of these um some of the illegal immigrants out of the watson hotel and guess what they're like no we're not going We need one thing to be clear. Eric Adam only has one plan so far. Eric Adam's plan is to loot the city's departments and give that money to the NYPD and the developers who are gentrifying this city. He could have easily, along with Governor Hochul, opened up all the vacant luxury apartments. We are on 57th Street right now. This is Billionaire's Row. Half of the super towers on this street 
are empty. These are $40 million apartments. Yeah, they've been here in America for two or three weeks, and they've already caught on about the welfare class. We're entitled to stay in the four-star hotel as long as we want. And that's what happens, folks, when you ignore the laws. Stu? It was 1,000 males who were essentially kicked out of the hotel. And from my understanding of the situation, you pretty much have 50-50 male to female when it comes to this migrant population. So the question is, why were all the guys kicked out of the hotel? And I think the answer was they're being disruptive. They're destroying stuff. Sexual assaults. Remember, we reported on that. They feel that the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal, which is essentially a giant warehouse, is an ice box. And they have a bunch of cots set up. And so I'll play the footage of that so people can actually see what we're talking about. And then on the other side of things, you have the local activists in Manhattan enabling this situation from being what it is now where you have like a chaz effect outside of the watson hotel with the encampment because they're doing mutual aid and so mutual aid is where you just kind of give a bunch of supplies to people to keep them in a spot and so that's how you get a situation like chaz during the summer of love where it's an occupied zone now and so you can see the mayor's team of people trying to lead all of these young men to the the terminal and they just refuse to go and so the footage is really interesting and then of course you have the people in the neighborhood who are you know paying rent paying taxes who are upset by this and they think it's very disruptive and so one frightened new yorker is carrying pepper spray because essentially you have just this occupied zone now outside of one of the hotels and just like you said are we going to now see this following with the other hotels following suit the hotel has to make money at some point again well you know they're getting paid probably way above their room right but these people are tearing up the rooms tearing up the hallways and no other guests are, want, are going to want to come there either folks what have you heard me say about the left the democratic party progressives over and over and over again they fuck up everything they touch. And this is a perfect example. Here's another perfect example. The California prison system has this dude in the woman's um, prison. His name is Jonathan Robinson. But of course, they don't call him a man anymore. He's got a penis and he looks like a man, but he says he's a girl. Matter of fact, you can not only can you change your your sex, 
you can also change your name. So now he's Saya Skylet. That's his name. And guess what? Some of the um, prisoners, one in a sworn affidavit, said that old Saya raped the hell out of an inmate, beat her, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, she signed an affidavit to that effect. Now, have you heard anything about it? What do you bet? What do you want to bet? I just got this news stories today, but they are covering it up. And that defeats their whole argument that, hey, you can be whatever you want to be, and it's perfectly safe. It's not safe. All right, Stu, moving on. And this is just emblematic of our demented president. How many times has he told the story about Amtrak and how he had been on Amtrak a million miles. Going home as a United States, uh, as vice president, and one of the conductors said to me, hey, Joe, big deal, a million, whatever, 200, you said, you've, all, you've traveled over a million miles on Amtrak. I said, how the hell do you know that? And they added it up. There. But folks, look, I made a thousand trips through this tunnel. Well, today he spoke with Buttigieg. Apparently, some of the money, transportation money, might actually go to building uh, the new tunnel um, on the Baltimore-Washington line. He told the story again today. Now, you would think his counselors have told him a thousand times, Joey, baby, you cannot keep telling this story because it's so obviously untrue. But he tells it anyway. And if you know people who have dementia, they can remember things that happened 50 years ago or a story they've told a thousand times. They just uh, can't remember where they had lunch today or, um, you know, or who their children are. All right. So the who people, Jesus, these are the most insufferable people in the world. Who Director General Tedris Anaham Grebiaius? Um, stated on behalf of the WHO organization, World Health Organization, that COVID-19 is still a health emergency. As you know, on Friday, the emergency committee met to consider whether that remains the case. The committee has advised me that, in its view, COVID-19 remains a global health emergency. And I agree. And they're advocating, of course, universal vaccines, surveillance, genomic sequencing to track the population. Now, this is at a time where everybody else has gone to pre-pandemic levels. Every day in the news, you hear something new about highly qualified medical people saying, the mRNA backs should be suspended. Hi, my name is Retzef Levy, and since 2006, I'm a faculty member at MIT in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I have more than 30 years of experience as a practitioner and an academic in using data and analytics to assess and manage risk, particularly in the context of health systems, health policies, as well as the management of safety and quality of manufacturing of biologic drugs. I'm filming this video to share my strong conviction that at this point in time, all COVID mRNA vaccination program 
should stop immediately. They should stop because they completely failed to fulfill any of their advertised promise regarding efficacy. And more importantly, they should stop because of the mounting and indisputable evidence that they cause unprecedented level of harm, including the death of young people and children. I personally became concerned with the vaccine safety around middle of 2021, when it became known that the mRNA vaccines cause myocarditis and inflammation of the heart. Since myocarditis is known to be hard to diagnose because it often has vague symptoms or can even be subclinical with no symptoms, it's also known to be a frequent cause of out of the hospital sudden cardiac arrest, especially among young people, I was very concerned that it will not be detected by the existing vaccine safety surveillance systems. There's more Hunter Biden news, and I won't dwell on this, as you can read my article on Saturday, well, Friday or something last week on Real Clear Markets. Oh, and also on Zero Hedge on Saturday, in which I predicted all this. Various sources are finding Hunter Biden emails where he was given classified top secret information from the Department of Homeland Securities and the State Department. And he used this information in his business dealings in Ukraine. There will be more on this later. Finally, and this is just so emblematic of our dystopian age and what's happened to the United States the tyranny we're under. Communist China has a newspaper. It's called the Global Times. Okay? Communist China. They've written an article asking the question, why is the U.S. media and their outlets and U.S. politicians, why are they ignoring the Project Veritas Pfizer expose uh, in which the Pfizer employee, who was uh, fairly well up there, uh, talked about how they purposefully can mutate the, uh, the virus such that they can sell more vaccines. And he also talked about um, how Pfizer is involved in directed evolution. Communist China has a free press where they can report on this, but apparently we don't. That's what I got, Stu. Cool, cool. I just have one big piece of news that happened over the weekend, but Novak did win the Australian Open, did so in style. I think he barely lost any sets, and it was just a really nice victory to see him win. He jumped up into the stands to be with his family, and... It's just kind of interesting to see his journey where, you know, before 2018, he starts to hit this skid. And as you'll see in some of the footage I'll put up, you know, he says, I'm not playing tennis anymore unless my family can be there with me. And he starts doing that. He starts winning again. He lost. The 12-time Grand Slam champion out. He said, I'm done. I'm not playing tennis anymore. I lost this. I'm not having fun anymore. This is it. I'm sorry, I told I don't know if I'm going to play in grass. Because he lost trust in himself. And he called me. 
And he said, I don't see the purpose of me playing tennis unless you guys are here. And I remember after that match feeling like, oh wow, we, he's back. History is made. The first man in singles to capture all nine Masters 1000 cycles. It's always the journey of belief, you know, because you've got, you've got to go out there and trusting your body, trusting all your weapons, everything you've practiced. For the first time in, in my life, I have someone screaming, Daddy, Daddy. And it's a little boy right there, balling to sin and I wish He never worked for the glory and for the money or for any of it. He was always about values, about living the life fully, committing yourself to the life with purpose. And that's what I'm in love with. That's who he is. And then, as we all know, he had all the issues with various countries regarding COVID policy. So he couldn't play in all these various opens. So he plays, he wins, he dominates. And you can just see the emotion on him when he finally realizes he did it. And he does kind of break down for a little bit. But then he gets back at it. And just a friendly reminder to everyone that um, Novak was called dangerous and selfish and even a killer. For refusing to take an experimental shot that has proven worthless and even dangerous for a person his age and in his health. And he's still banned from entering the U.S. to play at the U.S. Open. Meanwhile, we have a ton of migrants in New York, a migrant crisis. You have a bunch of Republican leaders who feel like, why do our smaller towns and cities have to suffer this? And they're doing what I think is a little bit of a political game, but shipping them to places like New York, to Washington, D.C., to make a point, to make a statement where it's just like, this is a problem. And it's a problem that Novak can't even compete in the United States. It's a problem that we can't figure out what the hell we're going to do with our border and that our current administration just keeps putting it on the back burner and saying they're doing a great job, which is just ridiculous. It's punitive. They don't like him because he spoke up against the state. Are you prepared to forego the chance to be the greatest player that ever picked up a racket, statistically, because you feel so strongly about this jab? Yes. I do. But as things stand, if this means that you miss the French Open, is that a price you'd be willing to pay? Yes. That is the price that I'm willing to pay. And if it means that you miss Wimbledon this year, again, that's a price you're willing to pay? Yes. Why, Novak? Why? Why? Do because the principles of uh, decision-making on my body uh, are more important than any title or anything else. And still, you mentioned that he cried. Normally, I don't like guys who cry. But it's okay to shed a tear when you're talking about your country or your family. See how progressive I am, Stu? Very progressive. I just wanted folks to know he cried, but 
you know, every now and then they, I'm at a baseball game. I put my hand over the heart, my heart, and they play the Star Spangled Banner, and I can visualize that flag flying over Fort McKinley, the the bullet holes there, the British fleet bombing the hell out of it, but that flag still being there. And I get a little moist in the eyes. So I'm giving him a pass. Sounds good. (laughs) But that's all I had for today. All right. Thank you, Steve. All right. Catch you later.